This is the Three to Win Podcast, sharing optimal steps to win your day, month, and year. Your money and your life are like crossroads, and when they meet, true success can be discovered. Our Real Talk conversations are about creating fulfillment throughout your life's journey. And now, here is the Life Architecture team. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Three to Win podcast. You know, a lot of times I say welcome back because I'm just making the assumption you're coming back. Maybe this is your first time here. So if this is your first time here, just welcome. And if you've listened to some of the other ones, welcome back. We're really grateful that you're here. So I'm Rich Blooney, and I am joined by my two wonderful friends and partners, John Kennedy and Matt Marcuse. So thank you for being here today. We're going to talk about something that we've all kind of chatted about just as friends and and kind of over cups of coffee and meals and just kind of felt like this would be something that would be really relatable to the rest of the world. Um, How your weaknesses can be your wake up. I think a lot of people get really hung up on their weaknesses or they get really hung up on the things that are holding them back or they get really hung up on the things they feel they're not good at. And we found throughout our lives and certainly in our personal lives, our relationships, and certainly as it relates to money, 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 that sometimes the things that are your weaknesses, actually within them are a little bit of strength. So how are you guys doing? How, Matt, hey, Rich, John, doing good here, buddy. You nice. know, we're really good. And, and before we dive into it, can we give a, a little bit of a shout out and thank you to the listeners? Because we, uh, we just checked, we hit a thousand downloads already. Super exciting. That's a big deal. That's pretty that's, fun. That's crazy. Well, first, I want to say thank you to anyone that's listening. But I know a lot of people that follow me on TikTok as Memento Vivere forever. I know that a lot of our listeners have come from there. I want to thank you guys for your comments. I want to thank you guys for the really sweet mentions that you've made and the shout outs. And um, thank you for sharing the podcast. We're very, very grateful. And I love being on TikTok. I love the entertainment of it. I love the joy of it. And I love trying to bring some value and some happiness and some good things. So to all my TikTokers out there, Thank you so much. And to everybody else, thank you so much. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about on TikTok, I just kind of told you who I am. So follow because it's fun. I love when I scroll through my feed and then like you pop up and it's like, hey, I just came up on your page, which means you need to hear this. I love when they start like that. (laughs) I like the, um, I like the, uh, it's, I'm ticked your talk. Now what did (laughs) I say? Yes. Those, yeah, the those series those are is great. And I don't, I don't get probably half the references because I'm not a big TikToker, but you know, I, I have to follow you, Rich. You're a Network, TikTok so. stalker. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a stalker. I'm not a, I'm not a uh, content producer, but we would, I, I we, love... would call him, we would call him a tick stalker. <laughs> yeah, I'm a tick stalker. You're a tick stalker. Yeah, I, I have... do this whole, I do this little series of if you're ticked, let's talk. And I do this like pseudo complaint line where it's a lot of inside baseball kind of funny jokes about the songs and the dances on TikTok. But uh, it's a lot of fun and it's made a lot of people laugh and it's gone viral a couple times. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I love it. It's very cool. Very cool. So let's, let's, let's get into this. So, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do on three to win is give you stuff that's relatable, give you stuff that you can think about, that you can do, that you can make your life better, that you can make maybe your relationships better. Um, and certainly to make your financial situation better. For those of you that might be new to the podcast, my background is health is healthcare. I'm a nurse. I like to kind of think of myself as kind of a thought provoker. Both Matt and John have extensive backgrounds in the financial world and financial industry and money management are just really, really good at that. And we've just found that a lot of these things all kind of tie together. One of the things that we want to talk about, like I said, 
is about weaknesses and, and, and how when you think about these things that trouble you or that you even feel bad about yourself or, and, and it could be a number of things. It could be that, you know, oh, I'm an introvert and, you know, in meetings, I don't speak up enough or I'm an overthinker and I, I think that I, I, I think too much or, you know, I'm socially awkward or I'm not athletic or um, I don't understand money and investments in market. And a lot of times these things that we perceive as weaknesses cause some paralysis. They cause us to be still and to stay where we are. So one of the things we like to be is to be authentic and to be real and to be relatable because we're peeps just like your peeps. So we're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about the things that we've kind of found were maybe our quote unquote weaknesses and how we've managed around them and maybe even use them a little bit as stepping stones to be a little bit better. So, um, Matt, I'm going to, I'm going to jump to you because I, I kind of felt like in our pre-discussion about it, I super related to yours. And I think a lot of people are going to as well. Talk to me about your perceived weakness and what you've done with that. Yeah. So, you know, I, it, I had to spend a moment and, and reflect and think where, where the weaknesses are. And, you know, as a business owner, um, you know, part of, you know, I'm not lazy. I guess I want to preface it by saying that this is not laziness. Uh, but I, send, I seem to have a problem at times with procrastination. And I looked at it at times, I've rationalized it almost as a po positive. If I'm preparing for a meeting or preparing for a task, when that stress is, is upon me, I, I really rise to the occasion. But that's, that's putting a lot of undue pressure on myself. If I was just, if I have a, a task or a project that has a due date to it, um, you know, it's, it's so much easier, it's so much better, it's so much more relaxed. If um, you know you can you can plan that out ahead of time. So I've really turned for my procrastination issues. I've turned to technology, which I turn to for a lot of the issues that I have in life. I try to think of: is there a piece of software? Is there something that I can do to help that 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 issue? And so for me, you know, we've built our entire business off of Google, and one of the great elements of Google is the fact that um, there's Google Tasks. And Google Tasks, if you've not used it before, is a great piece of software that tacks along with your Gmail that allows you to put a task in, and then using your calendar system, you can kind of map out and make sure that there's uh, little checkpoints along the way so that you hit that task at the right time, not the day before it's due and freak out over it. So, you know, for me, again, it's, it's, it's not laziness by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's just, I, I put things off until there's a, a deadline to it. And again, the undue stress that I provide, that I, I give myself, allows me to do the job and I, I, I do the job in an effective manner, but it's the leading up to it that I need to work on becoming better at. Uh, so again, for me, it's, it's just trying to, uh, you know, trying to space out that project or space out that task and not have it to do it the day before it's, it's done. And it's been a problem through college and all these. And so these are things that I'm trying to work on to become a better person. Well, there's so many, there's so many pros to your personality, Sorry. Matt, like, you know, saying that you're a procrastinator, like, I feel like there's a flip side to that coin. There's so many good things about how you operate and what you do. And isn't it kind of that way, Rich? Like, you know, your strengths and your weaknesses are, they're sort of one, like there can't be one without the other. And they're a bit of the mirror image of one another. Right? Yeah. I mean, and I was, I was trying to jump, I, I jumped in. I was, I was so excited by what Matt was saying, because I was relating it, relating to it too much. I'm sorry. I was, I was kind of like jumping in to say stuff, but first of all, I, I think, yes, I, I do think that the strengths and weaknesses that we carry do somewhat mirror each other. I think sometimes the things that we perceive as our strengths are actually built off of our weaknesses. I think sometimes when we're afraid of something or we're intimidated by something or we feel like something is overwhelming to us, sometimes 
that thing ends up being what we work on the most. And then all of a sudden it becomes our strength. I, I think one of the things that I relate to about the procrastination piece is I think sometimes, Matt, I don't know if you find it to be this way for you, because I think everyone has different motivations and demotivations. But do you think sometimes like procrastination almost comes from a, a place of fear? Like, I'm afraid. Like, you, you start looking down the road of the things that you have to do, and you just start getting overwhelmed, and you start thinking to yourself, I'm not going to get this done. That's a lot. And you start putting it off. And and I don't know, do you find that for you when you're using the, the technology like Google Tasks and all these things, do you find that you're able to deal with your quote unquote weakness of procrastination by breaking things down into smaller chunks? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, I, the way that I rationalized being a procrastinator was that when I'm under stress, I rise to the occasion I do really, really well. And, but that's not healthy. Like that's not the way that it should be. If, if I was able to, again, have this task that's due at some time and break those pieces down, I don't need to be stressed to, to be really good at my job. I just need to be able to manage that in, in chunks, as you mentioned. And I, I just, like, I've, I've really changed the way that I am. And I've noticed that I have a lot less stress because I'm not waiting for the last minute and then I'm, I'm breaking this up in, in, in. Let me ask you really quick, because this is a question that I bet a lot of people would want to ask you if they were talking to us. Do you try to do your, let's say you wake up in the morning, you sit down in front of your computer or you go to the office. Do you try to do your biggest, most daunting thing first, or do you try to get rid of a bunch of the little things first? The old Matt would wait till the end of the day to do the big projects and would think about those projects throughout the day while doing the little projects. And that is very inefficient. I've, and I, I learned this from, from John, actually, where it's get the big stuff out of the way. Do that so that you can then think about what the other tasks are. If this issue is hanging over you throughout the entire day, you're, it's eating away at you. And that's what I was finding is that if I, if I waited to the end of the day to do the big task, then throughout the day, I'm just thinking about that task. I'm just thinking about it even while I'm doing other things. And I, I don't end up doing anything well at that point. And so... Yeah, it's, it's, I definitely have changed the way that I complete and work throughout my day. I love that. And I, I just, I think so many people can relate to procrastination because I think between our personal lives, our relationships, our work life, our whatever life, I think we, we, we start to create these lists in our brains of all the things that are weighing on us. And sometimes you get like almost like a, a, a paralysis, right? Like you just feel like you're not, everything seems so overwhelming that then you just kind of default to, I'm just not going to do anything, or I'm going to do these little things that are, that are unimportant because then I just feel like I'm getting something done. I love it. John, and, and we'll definitely probably talk a little bit more about procrastination. Um, look, I'm, I'm, I'm putting off talking about procrastination for a moment. John, what about you? I mean, do you think like, because I would think your weakness is that you're so good looking, it's distracting. <laughs> At least it is for me. Yeah. Well, that's the nicest thing you ever could have said. That and when you called me um, what was it? Instead of the Wolf of Wall Street, you called me. I called you the Mister Rogers of Wall Street. Uh. That, that's actually the nicest thing I could have heard. But yeah, I, I think um, well for me certainly. And you said something earlier as you were introducing the show that struck a chord with me, and it was the word introvert, mm -hmm. which I've spent so much of my life pretending like I was an extrovert and that I was not an introvert until one day I finally realized. I think I did like one of those tests, one of those like the Myers Briggs tests or whatever. And I really learned, this is within the last you know, seven or eight years, that I was an introvert pretending to be an extrovert. And, and you know what? There's, there's value 
in putting yourself in situations and being able to um, be personable and act as, the, as though you're an extrovert. But at the end of the day, it's like an energy thing for me. And if I have a lot of meetings in a day or we do a client event where there's just a lot of like human interaction at the end of the day, I just need to go home and like be by myself and recharge on my own. That's sort of what that means for me. But, you know, probably not a far walk from being an introvert is I was terrified, absolutely petrified of public speaking. So, I mean, I can think back to being in middle school, being in high school, doing reports, having to talk in front of the class about a topic that no one cared about anyway, but yet some, for some reason, there was this mental block to it. And it was the scariest thing in the world. Um, then trans, you know, you know, move, you know, progress into being a, an adult and being a professional and having to be in those circumstances. That was a weakness of mine. And I can remember being young and I'm pretty sure I talked with Matt about this, like early on in my career, I'm like, yeah, I'm never going to do public speaking. Like that's just not my, that's not my speed, not my forte. I won't do it. And then I just started recognizing the opportunity in it. And within the last two years, you know, we do like a lot of, we do a lot of live videos, a lot of content creation. We do a lot of public speaking. And I mean, I would guess, I don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm no Rich Blooney at it, but at the same time, I, I do feel, I feel much more comfortable being in front of an audience. Whereas even just a few years ago, I wasn't. And for me, it was really just like getting the reps in. Like I had to, there was no other way through that. You know, you can, you can educate yourself on how to be a public speaker. You can work through different ideas and, you know, mindset things. But at the end of the day, like I literally just had to get the reps in and do the work to, to kind of overcome that. At least for me, that's how it was. Rich, how was, how, you know, Rich, you've done a lot of public speaking. Were you ever scared or nervous? I mean, you speak in front of thousands of people. Yeah, I think there, the, the times that I'm scared and nervous is when I'm doing something new that I've not done before. I've, I've been in situations where I've created new presentations or topics. And um, luckily, there's so much trust placed in me that sometimes the first time I will actually do that presentation or topic will be in front of 1800 people. Like literally, I've never, never done it outside of my office in my house in front of a camera practicing it. And in those moments, I'm afraid because you're not sure is the, you know, is this going to land? Is that going to land? But I think like everything else in life, and I think with what John said, once you start doing it um, and you start getting the feedback and you start receiving the, the positive or, you know, if there's maybe not the reaction you wanted to get, you kind of learn how to roll with it. And I think public speaking is much like life. I think, A, you put yourself out there in everything that you do in life. B, some people are going to like it. Some people are not going to like it. C, you learn from it. And then when you do it again the next time, if something was overwhelmingly well-received, you do that more. If it was overwhelmingly not well-received, you avoid it. And also, you kind of learn that in life, not everybody's opinion is accurate. Not everybody's opinion of what they think of you or how they perceived you. I've done presentations for 3,000 people and got a 9.99 rating. I'm not bragging, I'm just saying that's happened. I've got like a, you know, highest, like almost a 10, right? The best, the best, the best, the best. And there's one person that says, I hated him. He was an idiot. And I mean, that's the one that sometimes we go to. And I think that's where sometimes we allow our weaknesses to overwhelm us because we sometimes allow the the numerator of one or the small negative feedback or the, the negative experience that we've had cause us to have such self-doubt. And with what John said with like speaking, you can apply to anything. 
the more you do something, the more comfortable you feel with it. it. It's almost like your nervous system starts to adapt to it. You know, if somebody that speaks all the time, it's no big deal. But for somebody that doesn't do it all the time, it is a big deal. So the things that you might perceive, people might perceive as their weakness or something that they have to work on. I love what John said, get the reps in, you know, start working on that thing. If you perceive procrastination to be something that you need to work on, then dive into that. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah. What's the, what's the fact, John? I mean, you know, that's not an like unfounded fear that you have. Like this is a very common one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, um, you said, what's the fact? I don't know. Yeah, I thought there was like, like, you know, some statistic. stat. Yeah. Like, like, uh, you know, the, there's, not, the, there's not a, I don't know if there's a stat. There's a funny quote that I've come across a long time ago that said, people are so afraid of public speaking that at a funeral, more people would rather be in the coffin than delivering the eulogy. So it's something that a lot of people are just afraid of because it causes you to have to put yourself out there. And I think that kind of ties in for me, what my weakness, if you will, is that I've kind of tried to turn into a strength. I am extremely sensitive. I'm an empath. I feel people's pain. I've done this since I was a little kid. I, things weigh very heavily on me. I take things to heart. And I got to tell you, that's draining. It's psychically draining. It's emotionally draining. It's spiritually draining. It's physically draining. I, I've, 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 I've dealt with this. And maybe that's why I became a nurse. But I got to tell you something. You know, being a trauma nurse and seeing people die, being a pediatric nurse and seeing children die, you know, seeing suffering, seeing horrible things. I've often thought of it, there's been times where I've thought, wow, I really need to toughen up. Like I need to get thicker skin and I need to stop letting things bother me so much. And while I think there's a healthy balance to that, here's what I have learned, that that weakness that I call sensitivity, I've actually turned that into a strength because it really brings my compassion out. I feel like while I have many, 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 many faults, I am compassionate. I do feel deep compassion for other people and that comes from my place of sensitivity. And I think if you're a procrastinator and you could figure out, hey, this is how I can deal with my procrastination so I make it better. But then to also look at procrastination, maybe it's because you care so deeply about what you're doing. You just don't want to mess up. You're looking at all that has to get done. You, you can't be a procrastinator if you've got nothing on your plate. So you're probably a busy person. And if you're a busy person, it's probably because what you do and what you bring to the world and what you deliver, people want more of. So there's a, a blessing in that. If, if you're a little worried about getting up in front of people to speak and to talk, it's because you deeply care about the message that you're going to deliver. You deeply care about having an impact on someone and you just don't want to let them down. So if you just get the reps in, like John said, and you practice at it and you do it more often, then your comfort level improves. And then all of a sudden you become better at it. And that, that weakness becomes your strength. And not only that, because so many people suffer from a fear of speaking they're, they're much better off having John talk to them than me because I'm not really, that's not something that intimidates me. So I come to talk to someone as a fear. Maybe I have a hard time relating to them. Like, what's the big deal? Just get up there and be yourself. Whereas John could be like, dude, or man, I, I totally get it. This is, this is how I dealt with it. And for me, people that are like, wow, I'm so sensitive and stuff really gets to me. Yeah, you do have to learn how to deal with that so that you don't get sick, so you don't hurt yourself, so you don't feel crushed. But to say, man, better to be that way then just be this cold-hearted person that could care less about anybody else in the world. You know, a lot of times our weaknesses 
while we look at them as these big boulders that are falling upon us, maybe what they actually are stepping stones for us to step up upon to get even higher, to get to a higher place, to get to a better place. Yeah, that was really well stated, Rich. Man, that, that kind of encompasses really the three issues we both, we, we all have. And uh, that, that was really well done. Wow. Well, I feel like, you know, hidden within your weaknesses are your strength. And sometimes it just requires a different perspective and a different way of looking at it. And I'm sure you would agree, Rich, but the, the biggest thing for starters is just simply identifying it, identifying what your weakness is. I, I think, you know, we talked about this before, and I think having the ability to say, this is what causes me to suffer, or this is what causes me angst, or this is what causes me fear. I think just having the ability to point it out, just to identify it, just to call the enemy what it is to its face, if you will, just doing that, like even if you took no action, and, and you should, but even if you took no action in that moment, just the identification of it is already something that makes you better than you were before you identified it. You know, in the recovery world, for people that are going through addiction recovery, it's just admitting they have a problem. That's, I think, and I could be wrong, and I apologize to anybody if I get it wrong, as my understanding of it is. It's just saying, this is my issue, or I'm an alcoholic, or I'm an addict, or whatever the case may be. Just the identifying of it, just saying this is it, already puts you far ahead of the rest of the world. So, I don't know. I hope that this is something that people are able to kind of benefit from. I hope maybe some of you guys saw the procrastination in yourself or saw your fear of putting yourself out there or, you know, you're suffering from being too sensitive. And even if it's not something, none of those three things are things, maybe you, you're socially awkward or you're, you know, overthinker or you're, you feel like you don't, you're afraid of exercising, whatever it is, call it what it is, think it through and definitely identify it, talk about it. And then like John said, get the reps in, practice at it. And you might find that these things that you perceive as weaknesses are actually going to be some things that in the end end up being some of your greatest strengths. Guys, any other closing thoughts that you have before we say goodbye? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, what I was going to say is beyond identifying it, definitely talking about it. I mean, it's so important within your circle of influence, the people that you, you know, there's so many people's opinions out there. It seems like everyone has an opinion these days, but it's the ones, it, it's the opinions that matter that really count in this scenario. And we've talked about in previous podcasts, you know, leveling up to, you know, you are the circle or you're the average of the top five people in your circle and leveling up to, the, to that average and having a really good circle of five people. Maybe that's who you need to be talking about your weaknesses with. So you can kind of explore that and you can discuss struggles. I think we all internally deal with a lot of these things. Matt, before you asked me like, what's the statistic of people that deal with fear of public speaking? I was going to say 99.9%, like, except for that one guy that gave Rich one bad review one time, because apparently, <laughs> apparently that, that guy could do it better. But, but um, you know, I think we all struggle with it and there's no reason to suffer in silence with it. it these are things. No. And, and I, and I think John, to, to your point, we have to try to really realize and, and be, dis and have discernment and discernment's yeah. a powerful word, but have discernment Impressed. about, Whose opinion really matters? And you know how you can tell if a person in your life, if their opinion matters, what's their investment in you? What's their investment? Like what, what do they get out of giving you their opinion? What is their motivation? 
Is it a coworker who's trying to put you in your place so they can rise above? Or is it a coworker that really has always been a support for you, wants to see you do better? Is it a leader in your organization who's always afraid of everybody taking her place? Or is it a leader in your organization who she's been a mentor to so many people that she's known for bringing people up in the world? And I think we all too often give too much energy, strength, and credibility to the opinions of people who really don't have any investment in us being any better. Maybe it's an emptiness within them. Sometimes people give you their opinion because they're so empty that they just want to kind of empty you out. There's people like that in the world, but there are so many more people in our circle. There's our friends and our loved ones, our colleagues, our, our coworkers, our, 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 our circle of influence, John, as you said. So always look at those opinions that matter and you can tell instantly who it is because you can ask yourself, What's that person's investment in me? What, how are they invested in me? And if you can't clearly answer that question, then maybe their opinion is just not that important. So I think for us, that's what we got on how you can kind of take your weaknesses and make them your, 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 your wake up. Your weaknesses can wake you up into a better person. Your weaknesses can wake you up into being more than you were before. Um, so I want to thank everybody for, for tuning in, checking us out. Matt, thank you again for your time and your expertise. And thank you for not procrastinating and showing up on the podcast. We appreciate you putting us on that agenda. And John, you did a great job speaking. And I think yeah, every- look, see, we're, we're both, we're literally both dealing with our weaknesses right now. And we're navigating that. That's right. Yes. And I'm over here being very sensitive. So <laughs> we love you guys. We're grateful for your for your downloads and your listens. We'd humbly ask you to give us your, your, your trust and your faith and share this podcast with everyone you know. And thank you so much for tuning in to 3 to Win. We really, really hope you'll come back again soon. But until then, be your best, do your best, get your best. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. 3 to Win is a podcast for the high-achieving self-starter that understands there has got to be a better way to maximize their potential. You can help us create impact by sharing this with a friend or rating and reviewing our podcast.